Welcome back, guys. Welcome to another Today's Angler podcast here. And uh, we got a special episode for you guys today. Mr. Ramzel is coming to join the party. And uh, we might have another guest pop in on the Zoom call today as well. Uh, Larry, good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It's been hard water time. We don't get together near as much. No, you're not going to be walking out in the middle of the lake anymore? It's not. <laughs> that's not your thing? <laughs> not this soon. Not this winter. No. Larry. Not the last what's up <laughs> hey man good to join you here thanks for coming on no problem turn the heat up will you <laughs> yeah i'm glad i live down here yeah it was only 38 below a couple nights ago oh my goodness so stupid so stupid but uh yeah we got a nice little episode here that uh should blow your musky minds a little bit um from stuff that uh has not really been brought to the public much and uh, i think this is a perfect time this winter to uh bring it up and we got larry ramsell here to uh kind of shed light on the situation or some of the pre previous situations of uh some musky stocking stuff <laughs> that made sense right <laughs> kind of <laughs> larry's gonna help us make sense here so yeah yeah, no. If I, so. if I can hear Robbie, I'll I'll help you make sense. Uh, he needs to speak up. I need to talk bit. a little bit louder. So for those of you not familiar with Mr. Larry Ramsell, uh, why don't you give us a little biography about yourself so the people at home kind of know uh, who in the heck you are here? Take up the whole show with just that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We got all day, right? Oh yeah. I've been fishing. I've been fishing muskies for sixty-two years. Yeah. <laughs> That's. <laughs> And it's been basically my life. That's, uh, yeah, that's some dedication right there. I've, for I've fished muskies in 23 states and two provinces of Canada. Yeah. The addiction is bad. <laughs> it, it couldn't have probably gotten any worse. I don't know how it could. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, Larry's been uh, part of some rather large fish. What's the biggest muskie you've been a part of in the boat with you? I caught a 54 and a half pounder two years ago. It was 57 and a quarter inches. That's the big. That's the biggest one I've been involved with. That was an amazing animal. What that, that was a December fish, wasn't it? Uh, yes, December. No, November. It was a November one. Yeah, November uh, 24th. I do remember that picture. I had we, another we... 50 pounder that was a December fish. Yeah. Uh, what spot did you catch that off of, Larry? <laughs> what spot? Hot spot? <laughs> the, the bait bucket. The bait, bait bucket. bucket. Yeah. I like spot that. Right here, the right side or left side? Uh, <laughs> actually, it was on the right side. Okay. <laughs> Good memory. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, well, should we dive into this, Lee? Get the backstory of what we're going to be talking about. I think it's enough jabbing. Because this is going to take up some time. Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's, uh, all right, let's start this off. Let's do some history, Larry. Um, the Lake Nancy Project. Let's get the backstory about this thing. You really want to start there, huh? Yeah, I think let's just dive right in about this this here, guy. Man. Yeah, or 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 squirmy. <laughs> well, let, let's let's preface just a little bit. In the current issue of Muskie Hunter Magazine, the research editor Jordan Weeks has an article that's uh, titled Genetic Study Yields Answers, and the subheading is Study Suggests Leach Strain is Not the Silver Bullet for Wisconsin Muskie Waters. But then we find, as we read through the 
article that the study waters that they used to write the article with are not in the native muskie range. So how can this lead to the, con the uh, conclusion that uh, the leech strain is not the silver bullet for Wisconsin muskie waters when it, it didn't have anything to do with any of the native Wisconsin muskie waters? That's a very valid point. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, yeah. Those natural, those uh, muskie waters that have been stocked with the leech fish would be like Madison Chain, for example. Yep. The Nancy yep. Madison Chain, Wasoda, Petenwell. Um, but here, here's the situation there too. I mean, if you want to do a legitimate study, it, it, it should be fair. And uh, as I researched this article, I find that only 10.7% of the stockfish were leech-like strain. All the rest were Wisconsin strain. And the leech strain were much smaller at stocking in size than were the Wisconsin strain. Well, so there's a lot of things that are stacked against these fish. How, I mean, <laughs> how could you expect the study to come out negatively against the leech strain? Right. Was uh, start like that? Yeah, and the biggest thing, I mean, with the Madison chain, since Lee, you're from there, I'm from there as well, and yeah, uh, well, you guys would have heard heard about fifteen over fifty. Yeah, at least out of there. at least ten to fifteen. Uh, 50 inch mussies have come out of the Madison chain, all leech lake strain fish. Uh, our buddy Noah Humfeld is a part of a 53 and a quarter, just an absolutely beautiful tank of a muskie uh, that was caught in southern waters, and it's a leech fish. And, um, you know, it just, they're doing well. I mean, what, Lee, you've been a part of that chain your whole life, and how many 50s have been caught since like 2016 once those leech lake fish actually, uh, got to that size well i've seen this uh fishery here grow from its infancy back when the you know majority of the stocking came in the uh, late 80s and you know was catching muskies prior to that but that's when kind of the big majority of stocking came um there was not a 50 incher caught to my knowledge and i'm not good on years but yeah. until i don't know 10 years ago right i mean and how many in the 10 years, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like three. A handful. Four. Uh, most, most of the guys are keeping it quiet when they catch one. Right, right. But, I mean, you would have, yeah, I mean, that's not a lot of fish. And then the last, what, three, four years, it's like, it's happening uh, not on a regular basis because there's really not that many leech lake fish stocked. But, I mean, kind of shocking to see those 50 inches. They're, you know, getting stocked so little. I mean, some of those. It's like what a hunt, maybe a hundred fish every years. Not it's not every year, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, so, with the VHS and whatnot. Right. So there's not, yeah, it's not a lot of them in there, but they are showing up and they're getting giant. I mean, what two years we're gonna be able to catch a fifty-five incher in Madison? It could be and of course year. I moved. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, too, I I've, I personally believe that Mr. Weeks is. Uh, at least for the last 15 years, has had a tremendous bias against the leech like strain, as have a uh, majority of the biologists in the Wisconsin DNR. And, uh, and what drives me crazy is how they could sit here all those years and watch what was going on in Minnesota and uh, not want to partake. Michigan's doing basically the same thing as Minnesota did with the Great Lakes strain of right. fish. And, uh, that's exciting. That's all, that's all they're using to stock with now, regardless of where they're stocking them. Right. 
And uh, just to show you a little bit of Mr. Weeks' bias, he talked about the, the life history of the Leech Lake fish being different uh, because they come from a very large, deep, I emphasize the word deep lake, 147 plus feet deep. Well, what he also, but he doesn't tell you that 80% of that Leech Lake's 112,000 right. acres is less than 35 feet deep. So True. their life history isn't all that different than the Wisconsin yep. fish. And if they would use the Wisconsin native range lakes for a study like this, they might not find out something very, very drastically different. Right. Even if those lakes in the native range weren't native musky lakes, they're at least in the same biological yeah. uh, range. latitude that, uh, that the fish were. And Nancy Lake is a perfect example. I right. Mean, they wish they'd have never put leech like fish in Nancy Lake. I can guarantee you that. That's Larry, shocking. Larry, what's the yeah. profile of Nancy Lake? Nancy Lake is 700 acres. Uh, a good proportion of it uh, is so shallow it's not fishable. Yep. It was heavily populated with stunted northern pike. Great uh, forage. Not a good forage base. <laughs> good bait. <laughs> and uh, yet they put them in there. And 10 years later, out of that original stocking came a 54-inch, 38-pounder, and nine other fish over 50 inches in the 10th year of life. So here tenth we have year of 10 life. year old fish uh. that grew to over 50 to 54 inches in 10 years. I mean, but yet right. the DNR considered Nancy Lake a failure. I mean, and one of the biggest things about Nancy Lake, uh, I mean, a cool thing that that um, helped probably is they did not have any. Couldn't musky fish for those first ten years. What I mean, that's that helped probably, that right? right? I was not yeah, aware. yep, yeah, yep. So I mean, it did allow those fish to get rather big. But how many fish were stocked in there? I mean, it was two stockings, right, uh, Larry? I think there were three all together. They they one year they took eggs from Nancy and raised them in the Spooner Hatchery and put them back in Nancy. Yep. Okay. But the numbers are minimal. But what they had trouble finding was natural reproduction. But obviously. Uh, that was wrong. There's still big fish coming out of there. Yeah. We we know one guide friend of ours who caught what 50, 24 muskies over fifty inches in three oh, years. Oh, he he's joining us sooner or later here. We we don't need to discuss that yet, Larry. Okay. <laughs> we'll let him talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that, that for them to call it a failure when it was anything but, it just shows they wanted to, they wanted to cover it up. Yeah. In fact, one of the research biologist told me one time that uh, he thought they were going to make him take them, net them out of there and, and, and get rid of them because they had access from that lake to the St. Croix River. Well, gee whiz, guess yeah. what's in the St. Croix River? Leech Lake Muskies. <laughs> yeah. Or Mississippi Strain Muskies, right. which is what really they are. They're, they came from Leech Lake, but they're still Mississippi River Strain Muskies. Right. I mean, they're still, I mean, you look at the Mississippi River that's, you know, north of you know, kind of Bemidji area. I mean, those muskies are amazing in there. I mean, that's that's and, not know, a deep lake. Those, I mean, that's a river. I mean, shallow river that yeah, and they when get you giant. Consider the native the native range. If you go back in history, back in the middle eighteen hundreds, the Minnesota Muskie Range was part of the state of Wisconsin. So basically, what we have now is a political border, right? That has nothing to do with the actual range where these fish were naturally 
poor man got involved. Hmm. Yeah, interesting way to look at that. Right. Just because there's a line drawn doesn't mean they can't live over here. Right. Yeah, no, Crazy. that's very interesting. I've never thought of it that way. So simple. Sure. Right, Geogra right. Geography. Right. Just a, it's a political border. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's nuts. So Nancy Lake, the case study of 700 acres and uh, two to three stockings and the amount of fish over 50 inches that were caught out of this lake is absolutely astronomical. Out of a lake with pike, panfish forage base, uh, no Cisco involved, correct? Right. Nope. Correct. Correct. Okay. Nope. <laughs> um, and shallow. But, I mean, it shouldn't really be that shocking to us, considering you look at all the 50 inches caught in Metro Minnesota. Absolutely insane. I mean, one that the heyday of Metro Minnesota, I mean, those lakes aren't any different than ours. And they absolutely put out giant fish. Just insane. So, Larry, I can remember a point when uh, Minnetonka really started to come on and guys were catching legit 52, 3, 4, and even 5-inch muskies, Lake Minnetonka. And here we are in Madison, and we can't even have one person catch a 50. I'm not <laughs> saying there's anything right. wrong with having right. the Scotties here. Well, I think that the majority no. should be. Mm -hmm. But what, what does got, that mean? Right, right. I mean, there's so many test lakes up here that, you know, yeah, I mean, they're not, I mean, there's so many little lakes that, like, Yes, they never had muskies in them, but why not just throw a couple leeches and see what happens? Or, I mean, stock Lake Nancy again, because that was a, a huge success. And uh, I think this is time to actually sleep. <laughs> we should try to get him on there, uh, our special guest. Let me see here. Well, another thing that I've got a problem with is that the uh, biologists are trained to have a return on investment they call it and uh what they don't seem to understand is that today's muskie anglers especially trophy muskie anglers they're not interested in numbers they're interested in fish that grow big and none of these studies do they ever talk much about how what the maximum growth of the wisconsin strain is versus the leech lake strain uh, it's night and day and the, the other side of that coin too is that Leech like strain grow fast. They grow big fast as witnessed by 30, 38 pound, 54 inch or Nancy in 10 years. Right. So those fish have to eat. That means they're eating anglers baits. Yeah. No, that's the, probably the big, the biggest difference of uh, leech lakes, Mississippi strain fish and uh, Wisconsin fish. Wisconsin fish don't really need to eat all that much. They're lazy and Ugh, annoying sometimes. Maybe they live 30 years, that's right. great, but if you can't catch them, what good are they? <laughs> that's a valid point. I mean, they are special. I mean, I love them. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, yes, a 50-inch uh, um, northern Wisconsin fish or anything like that. I mean, it is way special, more special than catching a leech lake strain, but wouldn't be that bad to catch some more leech lake strain muskies. <laughs> 50 you know, inches. we've had catch and release now since the late 70s in Wisconsin. It's 50 years worth almost, uh, 40 years anyway, and uh, still, catch and release has been tremendous for making numbers of fish available to anglers, but the upper echelon sizes hadn't gotten any bigger than they were before catch and release started. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, occasionally a 55 inch fish might be caught in Wisconsin. But right. Uh, it's rare to see one over 52 inches. No. Yeah, it just doesn't it's happen. Just, they max out. Yep. What I find amazing is the fact that whatever the the study said, where it was 10.7 percent or whatever of the fish, yeah. uh, you know, population stocked were. Uh, or sh- that fish that showed up were leech strain fish. How come so many of those are over the fifty inch mark? Dang. What if ninety percent compared to ten? You know, ninety percent were leeches and ten percent were Wisconsin no, strain. What would that be like? That's where the biologists <laughs> argue with it because they didn't find those statistics in their study, quote unquote. Right. Uh, they weren't in the nets. So they'll just say it's hearsay. Well, nets don't tell you everything. No. Yeah. No. That's right. Well, we just wanted to bring that to light as a perfect case study that really is people don't know about. Yeah. Um, what more is there to talk about? There's a lot more. But hopefully our special guest will hop on here. I'm using the phone to record, so uh can't exactly see if he texts me back or not. <laughs> I did send him an email, though. So we'll see. Um. Yeah, what maybe let's dive into uh, the Illinois, you know, the way they uh, stock leachers back in the day a little bit. And I, they still do they still a little bit. Uh, yeah, they the uh, most of the leachers that were stocked, uh, other than the Project Green Jeans, uh, were done by private clubs. Okay. And uh, in 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 a lot of the cases, I was researching a Illini Muskie Alliance. Uh, paper that was put out 10 years ago by Ray Thompson talking about Illinois 50-inch muskies. And uh, one thing that jumped out at me is that, that uh, a lot of the, the fish that they stocked, including the Leeds Lake fish, they stocked at a much higher size uh, before, you know, before they put them in the water. Okay. They, let them, they let them get big. They overwintered some of them. Uh, really? Here's uh here's one that said uh leech and Wisconsin strained fingerlings up to twenty inches in length. Well that's obviously a second year fish. Right. And oh, then, that's uh, crazy. What report is that, Larry? Pardon me? What report is that? Uh it's uh Lineye Muskie Alliance, Illinois fifty inch muskies. <laughs> that seems and, interesting. Uh, of course, the, the largest muskie that's ever been caught and released in Illinois was 54 inches. Came out of what was formerly Snake Den Hollow Lake, which is now McMaster Lake. And yep. it was caught by Todd Clannon, a friend of mine. It was 54 inches, and <laughs> guess what kind of fish it was? Right. It's Lake Street <laughs> Fish. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Here it says, uh, early stockings of Leech Lake Strain in, in McMaster, Snake Den Hollow fingerlings up to 16 inches in size <laughs> that gives them a chance to go yeah it. yeah wow i mean we're, we're wasting money stocking eight to ten inch fish sure yeah there's a lot that can i eat mean them. for years i i hollered about the, the stocking at eight and ten inch muskies in couturay right uh because there's so many small pike. pike right yeah yeah that's the big problem up here holy cow so many small pike that just that's why we've been having a lot of dinners or using them as bait because uh right i mean most of these waters you shouldn't really use them or they shouldn't even be here correct larry a lot of them they weren't native right 
I mean, <laughs> that some shows you something. Lakes, right. Unfortunately, the DNR stocked them. Sure. Some of them, they did it by accident, they claim. Right. And then, of course, there's probably been some anglers that's done some bait bucket stockings. Yeah, yep. But uh, anytime, there, there's two different situations with muskies historically. That's uh, muskies where lakes where muskies, lakes and rivers, I should say, where muskies and pike have always coexisted. And then there's lakes like a majority of the Wisconsin native muskie range lakes that never had pike in them mm -hmm. originally. And uh, any time that pike get into that type of situation, they win. Right. It's a lose-lose situation for the muskies. And also the lakes where they've always coexisted is where you get your bigger fish. Black like Google. Eagle Lake. Is Eagle, Eagle Lake, Lake one of those? Pardon? Black Seal, Eagle Lake, that's all kind of the same. Is that kind of the lakes you're talking about? Yep. Yep. St. Lawrence River. Yep. Georgian Bay. Lake St. Clair. Yeah. Yeah, the proof's in the pudding there. That's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, and Leech Lake too, I would assume, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, and I mean one thing about those those nettings. Well, you know, right. over time evolution takes care of itself. Uh, sure. Muskies and lakes where they've always been pike, they had to learn to to exist uh cohabitation with the pike, so they spawn in deeper water. Yep. They spawn twice. Um they get much bigger, they have many more eggs. Grow faster. <laughs> yeah, they grow faster. And, uh yeah. Canadian record fish that's caught by Ken O'Brien in 1988 had 850,000 eggs in it. <laughs> well, that's part of the that's part of Mother Nature's strategy, right? Uh, compensate for being in waters with full of pike. Yep, that's a lot of eggs. Take the average amount of eggs in a in a lake that doesn't have pike, like Northern Wisconsin lakes. You the literature is Full of data on that that you know we're talking a hundred thousand to maximum two hundred and fifty thousand eggs, and most of those eggs are a smaller diameter than the hmm. lakes eggs from the Great Lakes stream fish. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. So, so where does uh, Green Bay fall into place here? That's Great Lakes stream. Yep. Um, the reintroduction from there came from Great Lakes strain fish from Michigan. But it was from the Indian River spread, which is connected directly to Georgia, to Lake Huron. Oh, and, really? Uh, also, uh, you know, it's it's a native Great Lakes strain fishery, hmm. so they're using the right stuff. So have they actually put uh, technically leech uh, fish in the bay as well? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, so it's been all, all Great Lakes stream. Great Lakes style fish. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was a five-year hiatus of stocking because of VHS, but uh, still, it's still putting out the giants. Yeah, those fish are unreal. Yeah, and they carry the <laughs> weight too, with that fertile water there. That's for sure. Lots of sand to sit on. Gosh, those things are fat. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been over there near as much as I should be, but. One experience I did have, we caught 16 in two days, so. Wow, what was that? 
Was that late season trolling? No, that was August. August, gotcha. Yep. Was that when the fishery was a little bit younger? That was. Uh, oh, there's a. St- <laughs> there's the man. About five years. Five years ago, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I got I can't hear you yet, Pete. <laughs> Are you supposed to be able to hear me? Oh yeah. Now we got you. Pete Main is in the house, Larry. <laughs> no, I can't see the screen. So. Yeah. Hi, Pete. <laughs> hey, Larry. How you doing, man? Doing good. What's up? You're warm. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just happy to be enjoying this technology. You know, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you scared me. I was like, wow, Lee looks different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But um, yeah, yeah we we've got Mr. Pete Mana in the house, special yep. guest. Thank you for joining us, Pete. And uh, I know Pete was gonna shed a little light for us uh, on our last topic of discussion. Basically, was Lake Nancy. Yep. Uh, yeah, I want to give a little backstory about that magical place, Pete. <laughs> you so, kind of uh, like that place, huh? <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I used to. I used, I used to. to, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, see, I didn't, I didn't know what you guys exactly were talking about before, so now I'm so curious. But uh, I, I assume uh, Leech Lake Strain had something yes. to do with it. Yeah, yeah yep, sure. yep. We were just saying, uh, we were just wondering what were your uh, kind of results from that lake? Because, um, like Larry mentioned, uh, DNR said it was a, it was a failure. Which, uh, from your understanding, it probably wasn't a failure. <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, no, uh, yeah, to make a real long story short, they you can uh, make it long too. It's all good. We got time. Oh, oh, of course, we have to have intruders as soon as we start the Zoom meeting. That's we have okay. three dogs, by the way. You may hear a little more of them. Yeah, that's all right. So the shorter version is, uh, I I waited to fish it the year it opened and until late fall because a lot of people were messing around on it and. Yeah. Uh, wasn't as easy as I thought, but uh, fortunately, I uh, the second time I was there, I, I stuck a pretty big fish and, and, and started fishing it a bit. And essentially, when I realized what was there and what was going on, I immediately became aware that uh, I better keep my mouth shut and only fish right. it during the weekdays, frankly. Yep. And, yep. and essentially, it was... Uh, well, without without any doubt, uh, the the best musky fishing I'd ever experienced in the in the state of Wisconsin uh, for uh, for a period of uh, six seven years. Really? And I uh, yeah, and I and I, I I kept it quiet and and I uh, or as quiet as possible. Right. And during the process of it, I talked with uh, DNR guys that were in, in charge of the particular body of water. And I, I had heard this multiple times, but, uh, you know, they were basically saying the whole project was a failure. Uh, there was absolutely no natural reproduction that they could tell. They could hardly get any fish in the nets. Yep. Of course, I, you know, I, I was caught at the boat landing there when I got this discussion at one point, and uh, he basically said, "What? Well, why are you here?" And I, well, just checking it out, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he basically <laughs> told me I was wasting my time, and I said, "Well, I drove a long way. If you don't mind, I waste my time." 
today yep. and uh yeah <laughs> so eventually uh i did tell uh after it was kind of you know it, it was getting found out and fish eventually get old and die and they right. you know, they obviously die from handling mortality and different things uh and in that in that case uh, big fish died because they were just kept because they were big right know? right and, i mean for most of those locals i'm sure i mean seeing 50 inch fish like that we're like wow that's going on the wall <laughs> without a doubt you oh know? right yeah yeah the numbers of uh big fish were exceptional i would say the uh the average size was 46 inches but i eventually did tell tim simonson what had gone on yeah yeah uh you know after it was you know oh. kind of it wasn't over obviously the fish were still in there right. I, I i'm no expert i wasn't you know w with regard to the you know putting numbers together and and all of that I do know there had to be natural reproduction from my observation, unless they were lying about stocking more in there, which sure. I, you know, as my understanding, it was just the first batch, but there was definitely natural reproduction. I, I don't know if it was uh, at a low that would be considered average, below average, or, or right. high, I, you know, even though they were getting in, they, they were definitely reproducing. Yeah. To so a certain how, extent, and, and the project was definitely not a failure. It, right. So, so how many fifties do you think you boated in the in that short time period you were fishing it? Oh gosh, uh, I I know it was. Uh, it's going to sound <laughs> stupid, but it's true. Like like twenty, and then yeah. a lot of. Uh, and this is this is not fishing it much. No, it was it was like uh, you know all the all the time. One of my one of my favorite lakes when I'm guiding full time is you know Coudre. And you yeah. know as far as far as I could tell, I got I got twelve over fifty out of Coudre with way more yeah. hours on the water. Right, uh, right. When I got here, so right. you know it was right. it was stupendous, and and there was an <laughs> awful lot of. Uh, uh, you know the upper 40s which nobody you know we all want to talk about 50s but right you know, the but what's, yeah <laughs> i mean they were just you know it, yeah. it, it was uh it was something you just even weren't remotely used to you you would what you would you would expect to catch in uh you know 10 days trophy wise you could you could uh you know average in about uh four or five hours there you know Stupid. when they're really when they're biting yeah holy yeah. cow it's yeah. nuts so, uh, so Pete, you can almost kind of compare it to some of the Minnesota lakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you know, it was it was like any other stock lake syndrome, Lee. I mean, yeah, I think you'd agree that you know it's uh, the strain itself. I believe is a is a better superior strain, but uh, you know, there's no doubt that the stock lake syndrome is a little bit that that's a whole nother level than just a strain in a lake. I mean, you you definitely faster growth rates and and then obviously to a certain extent a, a, a little better level of stupidity uh, right with the fish initially in the in, in the first year classes which of course is advantageous to the angler right right um what did those fish look like were they heavy or were they just kind of normal skinny uh what were their builds like for a for a body of water like that, I thought they were really good, and you yeah. know they they were uh, average to a little above average, and once in a while you get a tank. I remember really? we we never got a super giant out there, but uh, what does that mean, Pete? Sometimes 
What what is what does that mean? What what do you think was the biggest? Well, I, I saw him in there up to fifty five, and and Jeez. we we lost, you know, Ugh. we lost a couple like that. But there was uh, most of them were you know average average build. But there there was one about fifty two that I'm I'm sure was over forty pounds. Really? Was, was that a fall fish? Yeah, it was fall fish. Wow. It was, it was just one of those that was built like a railroad yeah. tie. But whatever yeah. for for a body, you know, it was amazing to me because you're talking uh you're you're talking a body of water that's uh that, that's small and, and and the forage base would be I would think considered average at best. Yeah, yeah. At best for sure for, for growth. I mean there wasn't any ciscos or whitefish or trout or anything like that in there. Yeah. Gosh, that's absolutely amazing. I'm always like kind of born ten years ten years too early or too late, I guess. <laughs> that would have been fun to go see what that was all about. Jeez, that's nuts. <laughs> Ugh, that's cool. Well, we uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, that's crazy. What does that mean? Ugh. We can have Wait, that what does it all somewhere mean? else. Yeah, or that's what it just, means. Right, or just do it over again. I mean, what? I mean, what sense does that mean, not having that as a option? option. I mean, just a few. I, I mean, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. And they didn't even stock that many fish to begin with. That's what's really wouldn't have cost that much. Ugh, that's nuts. Well, when it was getting busy, how many boats were out there, uh, Pete? It never got it never got completely flooded because yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was really easy, uh, mm-hmm. you know. But but yeah, I mean you you know you could get them. I basically quit when there'd be like three or so. Yeah, you know, so okay. Sure. I, you know, obviously everybody knows who I am, and I'm I, I was right. I was I was filming sometime, and I didn't want to do any of that around you know so, uh, other boats. But, sure. You know, I kind of phased out, but it was it was definitely getting tougher. It, it was still worth fishing, right? Right. Without a doubt. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I did enjoy a period of time where there was you know very little pressure overall. Right. Uh, one in for one fact I'd like to throw out there is um, our our good buddy Chris Willen. Um, I believe he was out there in two thousand nine. So I mean, this could help the you know the cause of saying like, oh, there's no natural reproduction for this body of water. But uh, he hooked into one of the biggest fish of his life out there in 2009. So, like, yeah, how is – Right, right. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And his, year, his buddy after that, he got a 49-incher. Uh, so, I mean, that, that 49-incher is not coming from 1988, 1990. No. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a fish that reproduced her. Uh, I found some data here. Three stockings, 84, 87, and 90. Yeah, I mean, the 49-inch fish isn't, that's not, I mean, that's 10 years ago, you know. And then, yeah, what did you say? 2016, you heard of a giant caught, Larry? Uh, yeah, it's 55-incher. Yeah, I mean. And it's mounted. Yeah, yep. That's so, insane. Pete, what was the longest fish you guys actually measured out there? Well, I did. I wasn't measuring then either. I, did, I would say about 53, and and, and I don't. I don't think I saw them bigger than 55. I maybe saw 56, yeah. whatever. Those are huge fish. Right. In a puddle. You know that. I mean, for a little body of water in northern Wisconsin, I mean, you just you just don't normally see fish that are attaining that length. And, and, and also how fast they did it. Right. I mean, 
what what was the first year there? I mean, the, 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 these fish were over fifty inches and and been probably a forty pounder two whacked in a matter of nine nine years, right? Nine it ten years. Ten, like. It was ten years, and the first year they opened it up there was uh, at least ten over fifty inches caught, with the largest one being a fifty uh, fifty four incher that weighed thirty eight pounds. That's a ten year old fish. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's not right. Yeah, that that would suck to have more of that. Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, that'd, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> God, it's uh, hard to believe we have that potential now down here in the southern part of the range. Right. Yeah, I mean, with Madison. Yeah, and you know, Lee, even if these studies are accurate that the leech lake fish don't do well in the southern waters, there's a lot of lakes in the northern part of the state that is in the native range that aren't native musky lakes that could benefit greatly for from sure having yeah. these fish put in there and, and uh you know muskies built northern wisconsin right and uh yeah what's the what's the quote built the schools in northern built, wisconsin built, <laughs> built the schools in northern wisconsin and uh you know it could happen again right well we should make light of that fact that the big uh you know the big bias of, or you know whatever the big reason not having the leech fish stocked in the musky native range, northern Wisconsin, is putting them in lakes that already had muskies to upset the balance of natural fish. I just want everybody to kind of be clear on that, why that's yeah. uh, not taking place. Yeah, you want to go into how that's all divided up, Larry? How the how they divide all the sections of the state for strain of wisconsin fish well you got the wisconsin river drainage and the chippewa river drainage and that's your two major drainages for the state they all end up all that water ends up in the mississippi river eventually right right so you know and after the glaciers left us 10 to twelve thousand years ago that's that's where these fish came from yeah and uh what happened is a lot of them when the water receded uh there was a lot of potholes from the scored yep. out by the scoured out by the glaciers and the muskies were trapped in there and that's why so many lakes in the native muskie range didn't have pike because the muskies came first and then the water wasn't mm -hmm. high enough for the pike to get in there later except through rivers so sure. places that had uh, that were not uh, drainage lakes they were they were muskie only lakes forever till man got involved so technically before there was dams i mean a mississippi strain fish could have yeah Swam all the way I mean, up there the was some River. natural barriers, like, sure. the, okay. like the like the falls at uh, St. Okay. Croix Falls. Yep, yep, sure. But uh, you know, before the before the uh, water receded that far, they swam wherever they wherever wanted they to swim. Went. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, what is the actual range? You know, so anyway. you know, and I had a biologist tell me that uh, even with a, a lake that only ended up with three fish in it, that's yeah. enough to start a population. No kidding. No, uh, it would go against their mantra of genetic di diversification mm -hmm. by using numbers yeah for instance their their uh current stocking regime they want at least 25 pairs okay uh, to get eggs from to have diversity but those lakes that only had three to start with there wasn't a whole lot of diversity, diversity at the beginning now <laughs> they still seem to do all right right, right. huh oh, that's an interesting fact wow <laughs> That's uh, I know I have not heard that one from Larry because that's uh <laughs> makes sense to me. Wow. Well, Larry, Larry, did you guys get into the uh the whole topic of getting these things into Coudray when we sat at those meetings? 
back when trying to talk them into that? Oh, well, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we made a, a multiple suggestions when we, after we did about uh, probably 2,000 hours of research. <laughs> and uh, we suggested, A, isolate the current genetic giants in some of these waters like Cudarea and Grindstone and the Chippewa Floyds and isolate them in ponds where they can be accessible for taking eggs. Uh, our other option, of course, was the Leech Lake strain of fish that, uh, in a, particularly in a place like Cudaray that is now full of pike, the Leech Lake strain or the Mississippi River strain muskies spawn in deeper water. Right. Which uh, is, is, is the case also that I found in doing tracking studies on Eagle and Wabagoon lakes in northwestern Ontario that were both pike and muskie lakes. The pikes spawn in shallow water where muskies normally spawn in our small lakes here. Yeah. But the bigger, the, the muskies were spawning in, in water 13 feet deep with, with uh, cabbage weeds or chara, which is what they found in Leech Lake. Uh, that's why for so many years, the Minnesota DNR couldn't catch Leech Lake fish to use in the hatchery. So they were using the stunted uh, shoe pack strain of fish, which don't get much over 40 or 42 inches, right. if that. And uh, once Bob Strand, and Doc Cotton got together and caught a couple of Leech Lake fish and planted yeah. transmitters in them. They found out they were spawning in these <laughs> offshore humps with char beds on them. And uh, at that point, the game was over. Right. I mean, they, found them, they yeah. figured out how to net them and uh, started using them in the hatchery. And uh, we know the rest of the story. Right. Larry, <laughs> what is the chara bed? C-H-A-R-A? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. It's uh, kind of like a steel wool if you will only not huh. quite that dense um that's the but stinky it, it, weed that gets on your rubber baits when you hit bottom yep. that's possible yeah. it's gotta be but yeah. uh yeah, yeah and on eagle lake there was no chara beds so they were using uh, uh 13 feet of water uh green cabbage beds um and, and muskies are different than pike when they spawn they broadcast their eggs but they don't have any uh, adhesive properties to them, so if they're if they're not able to to be suspended above the silt in the bottom, like by catching on a, a leaf of a, a, a cabbage bed or something, or or laying on top of a chara bed, they they just suffocate and die. Whereas the pike, when they spawn, uh, their eggs have a sticky substance to them, and they'll stick to whatever they they float by. So so that's why pike has so much more. Uh, success at reproduction than muskies do. Wow. I've not heard that. Come oh, yeah. hmm. <laughs> right. on. Trying to find a bit. Well, Larry, I meant the, uh, met, uh, I meant that you discuss all the lame excuses that we heard at some of those meetings about why the Leech Lake strain could not be put <laughs> in Poudre. Not really. Well, yeah, I mean, what happened is, is the American Fishery Society had a meeting in the Wisconsin, and I think it was 1992. And after uh, almost 100 years of mixing stocks all over Wisconsin, they, uh, they came to an agreement that they shouldn't be mixing stocks. So from that point forward, they didn't want to do any cross-drainage stocking or mixing of fish from another drainage like the, the Mississippi strain fish. Uh, even though they all came from there originally. But uh, what they, again, 
don't tell you is that if it was convenient for them, it was okay to do it. For instance, when the Spooner hatchery shut down for repairs, they stocked all the the western Wisconsin Muskie Lakes with fish from the Woodruff hatchery, which is in the eastern part of the state in the Wisconsin drainage. And then just a few years ago, I caught them stocking the Flambeau Floyds, which is in the headwaters of the Chippewa River system and should be getting fish from the Spooner hatchery. Mm -hmm. They were stocking it from the Woodruff hatchery because it was closer and they could save a little bit of fuel. Sure. And uh, I told Tim Simonson, I said, if that doesn't stop immediately, I'm going to blow the whistle on you. Yeah. So, you know, when it was convenient for them, it was okay. But when musky fishermen want fish that grow big and grow yeah. big fast, it's not part oh, of their I'm sorry, plan. we can't help you out. Uh, and I defy anybody, and I think we may have talked about this before, but uh, I defy anybody to tell me, other than lakes connected to the Wisconsin River or the Chippewa River, uh, what lakes in northern Wisconsin are native musky lakes. There's just no way possible. to prove it. Yeah. Because starting in the early 1900s, right. they used to load... Yeah, the milk jars. I the, remember the reading that article. milk cans on a train, yeah. and if you wanted fish for your waters, you told them, and they'd make a whistle stop and yep. offload the uh, milk cans into your wagon, and you go put them whatever lake you wanted them in. So I guarantee that that's how a lot of our, quote, native musky lakes became musky lakes. Jeez. Yeah, I mean. I know in, in the Hayward area, the Hayward Rod and Gun Club was – was in the forefront of doing that in the Hayward area. Really? Huh. Yeah. I mean, what what is a yeah? I mean, that's such a great point. I mean, you know, how do we know? And the mixing of genes. Let's talk about that a minute because that's kind of a sore spot with me too. Yeah. Let when, it rough. Doc, when Dr. Brian Sloss got the results from, we, we had contended that fifty years of mixing stocks in Couturier had screwed up the original genetics. Sure. So one of the things that he delighted in coming forth with uh, when some of the first genetic work was done after they, the DNR gave him a quarter of a million dollars to play with, um, that 50 years of mixing hadn't affected the base genetics of Couturier. Well, what he didn't tell us was that maybe it didn't affect the base genetics of Couturier, but it did create a second strain Same. of fish which were basically hatchery strain fish right. okay in couterie so there's when if when they take eggs from couterie now they don't know whether they're getting eggs from the base genetics right. of couterie or, or the, the hatchery fish non-reproducing hatchery strain of fish huh. there is no evidence in any lake in northwestern wisconsin that's been stocked with spooner hatchery fish of any natural reproduction from those stockings no kidding so what's the point wow it's just it's craziness. <laughs> that's that's a big bomb to drop. It's yeah, holy cow. So, so we need more uh, fish. As we yeah, are and then now now with the cutting stocking, it's like these fish aren't. Rep wow, well, that's a thought. That's a sad thought. You know, Thanks, they, Larry. They used to, they used to put uh, the small fish yearlings in in Couture and feed the pike. Uh, we bought Cape. Caleb Fish Farm fish that were a year and a half old in, in 2009 stocked uh, 540 in Round Lake mm -hmm. and uh, I think 40 in Couturier and a few in uh, yep. Whitefish. Um, and Round Lake is showing big, big returns. I had a, a DNR 
technician tell me that there's more mid 40 inch size fish in no Round Lake kidding. than any lake in Sawyer County because of that one stocking of of growth, Caleb's extended growth fish. How big did you say? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. They were a second year fish. So the males were 13 inches. The females were up to 21 wow. inches. Huh. And we paid we paid big bucks. We yeah. paid over twenty thousand dollars to get those fish, but that's twenty thousand dollars that contributed directly to the fishery, right? And didn't feed northern pike. Do you think those fish will spawn, or do we? You're not sure yet. Well, I, I maybe I don't know why they wouldn't reproduce. Yeah. yeah. Mean, uh, um, does anybody know where that Caleb's fish came from? What body of water? He had twenty five different brood lakes, and he got them from a number of different places. But from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty two, the DNR had a hatchery at the Winter Dam on the Chippewa River. Yep, where those the big people, where the Chippewa Floyd yep. drains out. And uh, I know Caleb got some of those fish, really, which would have been a pure Mississippi River strain. And I know he got some from the Mondu Floyd. Yep. Uh, but like I said, he had twenty five different lakes. But I can tell you this for a fact: he had one. 57 inch female that he used for majority of his eggs yeah yeah i mean why wouldn't you right right Here, here's one thing that, that upset me about dr sloss and i asked him point blank at the first muskie committee meeting i says what you're telling me is that you don't care whether they grow big or not you just don't want to mix them up and he said that's correct but uh, uh hmm. wow Say yeah that, that sucks <laughs> if, if let me let me get my head straight on this he he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't care if they didn't grow big, as long as they were the pure genetics. That's that, that in other words, he's a genetic genetic purist. Sure. But his mantra, his his guidance to the DNR was they have to take eggs from all sizes of fish, so they're sp they're spawning twenty eight inches to thirty eight inches to forty eight inches if they can catch them. Right. But here's the thing that that bothers me. They don't know that that 28 incher is ever going to get any bigger. Right. I mean. So why would you want eggs from it? Right. But if you take eggs, all your eggs from the 48 incher, got a pretty then good you idea. You know you got some genes yeah. that can get at least the 48 right. inches. Right. It's, I don't and that's know. the part that makes me crazy. I mean, if you take big, if you take eggs from big fish, then you know you got genes that can get big. Yeah. You take eggs from little fish, you got no clue. So what's your thoughts on that latest Musk Hunter um, article? It said, I mean, how genetics don't really play a part. I mean, what is, I mean, well, how, does, how does that get explained? I mean, they always talk about it's got to be the forge. It's got to be the lake. It's got to be all these other factors, but they hate talking about genetics. I mean, you know, I you can have the, the, the best forage and the best but what if environment. You, stocked... you can have everything perfect. But you put West Fork Chippewa fish in. If you put shoe pack fish in yeah. there, guess what? You're getting shoe They're going to grow to 38 inches and stop. Huh. So you got to have, the, the, it's all genetics. It's very simple in my mind. Yeah. Take I, a look at the Georgian Bay, St. Lawrence River, Lake Nipissing, Eagle Lake, Wabagoon, Lake of the Woods. Mm -hmm. They've all got big fish and they've all got big genetics. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty not rocket science. Uh, yeah, it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. It makes sense to me. But they, they always, yeah, they always discuss how it's the lake, it's the forge, it's a whole. All, I understand. All the you know, which I understand, probably play a role, but I understand return on investment. Uh, a lot of musky fishermen just want to catch a musky. That's yeah. fine. And there's a lot of places that have that ability. Right. But most musky anglers today, 
why is the benchmark 50 inches? Because it's big. Right. <laughs> that's you know, the when I was growing up, a four-footer was a big fish. Yeah. Well, that's only two inches less than 50 right. inches. Right. But it's that magic number, number. 50, yep. Yep. that everybody's looking for. And if you don't have the genetics and can get the 50, you ain't going to catch them. Right. Very and simple. When, when did the 50-inch mark really became the staple? Was that Minnesota days? Is that really yeah, where I think it came? Probably that's where it got started heavily because they were catching so many of right, them over got popular, 50. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, magic number. It's not a 48-inch. It's right. a 50 yep, or it's yep, a 52 yep. or a 55. There's a zero there. Yeah, so it became, somehow it became the magic benchmark, yep. but I still think a four-footer is a heck of yeah, a fish. <laughs> yeah, like, what about that fish this year for you there, yeah. Larry? That was fun. <laughs> Maybe I should give this to you now. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lee. I, 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 <laughs> Lee found that one. <laughs> I will treasure it forever. And it will get used. It's not gonna hang on the wall, that's for I sure. Dropped that. I dropped that. Yeah. Uh, so Pete, what is your thought on like the fifty inch benchmark when that became really a thing? I don't know. You know, when I started, it was 30. We killed them all in. So I don't, right. I don't really remember 50 being a thing until catch and release really caught on. And that kind of seemed to sure. be, you know, the big, the big mark if you actually caught and released to 50. But yeah, yeah, yeah frankly, I, I could care less initially uh, yeah. about 50. It was like, you know, yeah, we killed them and weight was the most important thing. So a nice fat 47 would do, I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah, 30 pounds used to be the benchmark when we were going by weight. Right. Right. Huh. Well, you can get a 47 inch that weighs 30 pounds easy. Right. I mean, I caught one in Illinois that was 47 inches, weighed 32 pounds. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's a yeah. big fish anywhere you go. Right. But, uh, Absolutely. Somehow, like you said, Pete said, uh, catch and release is what yeah, brought the brought 50 it. into play, I think. I just read that article that you Probably just did. Probably because yeah. after catch and release really took hold, there was so many big fish being caught right. that had to have a dividing line somewhere. So right, right. Yeah. Well, 50 inch no clubs park. And this this article I got from the Illinois uh, uh, Muskie Alliance, uh, Illinois 50 inch muskies. Right. I mean, it's, it, it, it means something. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pete, what do you think? Uh, do you think uh, LCO, why was it good then? Well, what's your opinions on? Uh, you said probably 12 over 50. What do you think was the cause of that? Was it a, do, do we know if any Caleb's fish I, got? I, I'll chip in on that. After, okay. After I would love it. to hear. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Because, I mean, you go to well, Lacouterie now. Do you, I mean, that's a shot in the dark, correct? Well, that's just a numbers deal to a certain yeah. extent. I mean, in my experience, Couture has always been one of the places around here where you got a shot at a 54, yep. maybe 55. I think, you know, yep. a lot of that is the forage base as well. But, you know, I yep. don't know nearly as much about the other end of it. You know, Larry Larry would know more. But there has to be at least a decent strain out there. Yeah, that would that's produce in that. There, stock in there, and, and there's enough forage in there to, you know, to have them get big. So I always, you know, in my guiding years, I uh, yeah. I definitely would target that a lot because I had mainly trophy fishermen. And what was the that's most cool. disappointing thing to me, I can tell you guys about that whole time period when we were trying to talk them into, into doing it. And we had the meetings with the new swinger there and, and uh, it was really interesting stuff because, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag here, but I don't think there was anyone around at the time that really could have attested to the, the, the contrast and had literally experienced everything 
more than myself right at that point because yeah. at the time we've been told that cooter a had been uh you know no spawning for i don't know how long there's no natural reproduction right. so now we got the minnesota phenomenon going on and yep. and cooter a was by far my favorite lake and i was still doing guiding so for trophy i had fished it from one end to the other and yep. and we were also testifying about what's going on in minnesota and we heard all kinds of stuff Oh, the lakes are bigger over there. And of course, I, I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. Minnesota strained fish on 700 acre, 1000 acre right. lakes. We went through all of that. And then they, they tried to tell me that I hadn't covered everything on Coudre. There's probably <laughs> bigger ones running around out there and more big ones than you realize. And I'm like, no, it, I'm out like, there oh, every day. Yeah, you aren't fishing the deep water. I'm like, no, actually, I've casted just about all of the deep water, and I know I've trolled all of it. Yep. And I fished all night, and I fished all day. There's not an hour of the day that I haven't fished. Yeah. I know it's out probably better than anyone at that time. Yeah. I, I couldn't say that right now, but at that time, no doubt. Yep. And I, I was also, that's what I was doing at that time. I was still fishing Cloutere a lot running to minnesota about yeah. 40 50 percent of the time so sure yeah you I saw exactly both things yeah. going on and these bozos are trying to tell me that you know i'm <laughs> essentially when when i know darn well right. and larry larry's back and the other stuff up with the you know the strain information and stuff like that and right you know well you're actually fishing fish, i mean you're fishing you know well, let me yeah. uh let me ask you a question pete it, would you say that your prime years on Couture were about the mid '80s? That was it. Was better then, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, here, here's what I discovered in in my research in the stocking history of the state that most of the time, uh, particularly early on, they would take in all their eggs from Couture and then they built a, a, a fishery out of Bone Lake with Couture fish, and uh, then they started using Bone Lake for. 40 or 50 years uh, and putting them fish back into Couture. But what I discovered was that in 1972, they took eggs from the Chippewa flowage. Hmm. And if they got a hold of some big gals with some good genes, yeah. that's that the fish that year from the hatchery from Chippewa flowage went back into Couture, mm -hmm. move forward 13, 14, 15 years. Hmm. And, I know Pete was catching big fish out of Couture. Uh, yeah. Bruce Shumway was catching okay. big fish out of Couture. And there was a, a few year period there where a lot of really big fish were showing up. Okay. And it, it kind of, if you work backwards, it could have been fish from came from that stocking from the Chippewa Floyd. Would that have been the, the winter dam that they were taking fish from? Uh, no, not in 72. Okay. That, that okay. would have been just normal gotcha chip yep. but they didn't use the chip very often back in those mm. days for for muskies but that particular year there was okay and then you move forward to the mid 80s and a lot of big fish showing up in cootery and it it kind of correlates it that could have been the genes sure. from the ship huh oh that's interesting wow that's a long um, time ago yeah <laughs> what, what do you think your magic years were was it that time period pete Oh yeah, without yeah. a doubt. And uh, but back to the you know the realization of that topic. So they're they're telling us that there's absolutely no natural reproduction there, right? So now yeah. now we've got a leech lake strain that we know grows bigger, even though they argued as much as they could possibly try. In the end, this is the part I remember and I'll never forget. Was the 
why why Minnesota was better. Neuschwanger finally thought that well maybe those fish are stupider. And I I remember saying yeah well <laughs> nobody would like to catch faster growing get bigger stupider fish. That would that would really suck. I mean nobody would enjoy <laughs> that. Would that. suck, wouldn't it? Uh. But, uh, <laughs> But so now we got a strain of fish that's going to grow bigger and the other the other strain in there is not reproducing so you've got you've got also the potential to get natural reproduction on the strain of fish exactly that was my biggest point the, the leech lake fish spawn offshore cooterary right. has got some great offshore spots oh, yeah. that they perfect. could spawn in and uh, if they would then start naturally reproducing. Look at the burden that would remove from the hatchery system. Exactly. And look what it would do for the fishery and for the yeah. tourism in Hayward. It would be just mind-boggling. But they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. We haven't even touched on tourism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what would that be like having a few puddles up here, just having 50-inch fishing? I mean, that would draw so many people to this area. It would keep people from leaving. <laughs> no, nobody likes to do that, guys. No, no, Larry, how many people bought cabins in northern Wisco to search for big muskies? You know how many people I've talked to that have a cabin on the Chippewa Floyds that are really, really pissed? <laughs> I mean, there are guys who bought their lifelong dream yeah. on the Chippewa Floyds thinking they were going to catch big muskies, and they are crying the blues. Yeah. Some of them have already sold out and moved. Yep. Uh, some of them are in a position financially where they can't, and uh, they are not happy. Yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, really. Ugh. Pete, what did uh, what did Millax particularly and Leech Lake uh, fisheries yeah. do to tourism in Minnesota? <clears throat> excuse me, in Minnesota. Oh, well, of course, it's it's nuts. Yeah, you find it, it, it's pretty simple. People like to catch fish. And if they're bigger fish and there's and, and there's more of them, that, that makes it even better. It's just that simple. I hate to simplify it, but nothing else needs to be said other than that. Right. Yeah, it's tremendous. And, you you know, you, you couldn't keep the musky fishermen away from Lax when the, when the word got out on that. All the resorts there, especially on the North Shore. They must, the guys are beating down their doors. Of course, we're, some of us are a little cheap, and they want to camp in the yard, use boat landing, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, it, it draws people. I mean, right. that, you know, very, very, very simple. Yeah. One of the reasons I quit guiding is because my clients told me, Larry, we love you, and we love fishing with you, but we're going to Minnesota where we can catch big fish. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't I blame them. Right. I didn't blame them. <laughs> you want to go out? No, Pete is who... Uh, you know, showed me the Minnesota thing on Leech Lake for the my first muskie I ever caught in Minnesota. And pretty much uh, within that week, I decided I was moving to Minnesota during the uh, you know J uh, July through November months to go target those fish. So thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks, thanks, big muskies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. If they were little muskies, you probably wouldn't have gone, Lee. No, exactly. probably not. Guaranteed. Proving that point. Just the thought yeah. of revenue alone, muskies in Minnesota, of yeah. folks from Wisconsin visiting Minnesota, that that number would be interesting to know. Well, you know, there was a study done on Lake Chautauqua, New York, back in the fifties. This is a long time ago, and they've come up with the number. 
that uh, the muskie fishery in Lake Chautauqua, New York, generated $1.8 million in 1950 dollars. 1950 dollars? Uh, Holy cow. Just from the muskie fishery alone. So no kidding. Put that to today's dollars right. and see what. And that's one thirteen out, well, just one thirteen thousand acre lake. Yeah. So if that can generate that kind of dollars, we're probably looking at what, $25 million in today's right, money? Right. For yeah. one thirteen thousand acre lake, what could the fifty some musky lakes in Hayward, Wisconsin, do if we had fishery like that? Right, right. It's Being nuts. insane. Yeah, we have the bodies of water that could produce that too. That's just the sad part. I mean, even even the lakes that don't have muskies in them right now, like I, I picture like Drummond area. You know, like they got that Cisco Lake, they got Esox Lake. I mean, those lakes are big, they're deep. I mean, they'd probably be perfect for them. Yep. Um, you know, it's just little towns that have these awesome lakes. I mean, you start putting leech lake fish in there. I mean, it'd be filled. The bars would be filled with people, you know, it'd just be an awesome way to have money in the, in for tourism in some of these small towns that are close to me, but yeah, we, we understand crazy. that there's a large, you know, it, it's a huge undertaking to get these fish raised, to get to pay for them, so on and yep. so forth. But uh, with social media and everything nowadays and how enthusiastic musky fishermen are, I mean, we're nuts. The amount of money people are spending in musky fishing is is astronomical. Yeah, the musky fishermen will cough it up. Right. Oh, absolutely. They will cough <laughs> up the guaranteed. money. Yep. Oh. If the plan's oh, there, no. it's uh, guaranteed. Um, no. Yeah. No, I don't think the money's the issue. I mean, the the problem, frankly, is uh, you know we've got we've got too many people in the in the DNR space. There's some. There's some darn good ones, but uh, yeah. I mean, to put it very honestly, they like the sound of their own voice a heck of a lot more than they <laughs> like the truth. And, well, and that's, why they, you, that's why they keep slanting all these articles that they write. They slant oh, it the way they want it to come out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, at least just some tests. What has blown cool. my mind is how the biologists in the state of wisconsin could sit here and watch what went on in minnesota not one and not want to be part of it yeah. and now it's going on in michigan so we're surrounded by and, and you know i've caught bigger muskies in every state on the Except. surrounds minnesota than i have in, in the state of wisconsin yeah uh, including yeah. illinois great well guys uh. i remember taking out uh, mr scott hassett from the wisconsin dnr uh, he came over and fished with me on Malax, and we put the boat in at Wealthwood. I dropped the trolling motor. I made two casts. I got a 49 and a half incher on a globe. He nets it for me and says, oh, my gosh, that's the biggest muskie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, we've caught, we catch them like that all the time here. That yeah, was an he eye-opener. Was- he was a secretary of the DNR, and he used to be attorney for Muskies, Inc., and I thought when he got in office that we had a shot. At making fact, something happen. the first person that we contacted uh, when we started the Wisconsin Muskies Restoration Project. Yeah. And uh, uh, what was the biggest disappointment in my political career, I guess you call it, <laughs> was that he just immediately turned it over to the to – the, uh, the fish heads and uh, they circled the wagons and told us yeah. that we didn't know what we were talking about and, and uh, we didn't have a bio- biology degree. And, right, right. You didn't go to school for it, man. The one thing um, I see, I think, to really take note of is what disappoints me the most is how little uh, angler input is taken into consideration in in the fisheries in general. 
Right. Yeah, a few nets a couple it, times. It's a, better than it was year. 30 or 40 years ago. Sure. But, uh, yeah. It's still, it's, it's still a problem. That old Pete mentioned New Swanger. Uh, he had a real problem with anybody that didn't have the sheepskin hanging on the wall. He he almost just wouldn't talk to you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I get it. And we're not out here to, uh, you know, to point fingers directly to anyone. We just, we want the information out. We just, we right. want to talk about this. And, and we should note here too, that we have, uh, we asked Jordan uh, Weeks to come on our, uh, come on an episode and give us his inputs. And, you know, we, unfortunately, we're not able to make that happen yet. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, hopefully we soon. encourage and invite uh, anyone out there that happens to have, you know, a, a knowledge base of this, we would like to hear more stories from, yeah. from all the sides. So different you know, perspectives. Yeah. We don't really have a bias that way. We just want big fish. Yeah. Big fish would be nice. Um, I guess we didn't even get into your Lake Nancy rebuttal. Did we? What's that? Your Lake Nancy rebuttal. Yeah. Well, they don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, they, they, again, it was bias. They did yeah. everything they could do. To make it look like a failure. As Pete said, the biologist at the boat landing told him it was a big failure. Yeah. Well, dozens and dozens of 50 to 55-inch fish out of a 700-acre lake that's partly unfishable Yeah. Uh, pretty much tells its own story. Right. They can claim all they want. Yep. They, t- they basically, they tried to cover it up. That's my bottom line. Yep. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, how is there no public information about this till like really today i mean yeah, when, they, when they write these study references they don't talk about native musky lakes or lake nancy yeah but uh you know tanner wild had like six over 40 pete i think in less oh, than yeah. two weeks yeah. less than two weeks yeah I'm not the, yeah yeah i'm not the only one that can back it up heck the, you know I've, I've, I've talked to a couple people that actually caught and kept 40 pounder legit 40 pounders uh the guy just passed away uh not too long ago but larry blaylock used to work at the wild river over there he, he fished really? a fair amount i don't know i don't know how long it was 42 yeah. 43 pounder, great big yeah he, he had a 55 incher on the wall over there yeah okay huh. yeah. Yep. so wow well, the, yeah, Johnson, it, it, the johnson brothers from eau claire used to fish it and keep quiet yeah. too and they, they caught tons tons of them out of there Fact, I saw were, both, those were the first guys, Larry, that I bumped into uh, yeah. that that knew what they were doing out there, that, that were showing up in the middle of the week. Yeah. 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 And yeah. they, they were two of the guys that were in the what, the, rest, the restoration project with me and Bob really? Benson. And uh, yeah, they, they saw it firsthand and experienced it firsthand and they knew exactly How what was happening. Was, and yeah. uh, they knew the DNR wasn't being straight with us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. A sad topic. Wish we had Nancy Lake still. That would have been cool. <laughs> well, I'm, or, sure or, I'm sure they're still being right. caught. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But so what about some the of the other the... waters throughout the state, uh, like uh, Wasoda, for instance? What about it? Um, <clears throat> just uh, more information about the other lakes that have been stocked with leech uh, strain fish. Well, it, this this study that that uh, Weeks referred to uh, included Wasoda, um, and I've got a real problem with what they've done there too. That used to be considered a receptor lake. 
In other words, you could stock in there anything you wanted to. Yeah. And, and the first Wisconsin chapter of Muskies, Inc. stocked Leech Lake fish in there for years. But I think probably a lot of them went over the dam or mm -hmm. under the dam or however that body of water. I remember uh, Jason Smith telling me that yeah. there's the but, same. Uh, here a couple years ago, there had never been any natural reproduction in Wasota proven. Yeah. Well, a couple years ago, they found some natural reproduction, but then in doing some genetic work on those reproductions, they found out they were hybrids between the Wisconsin River strain or the Chippewa River strain and Leech Lake strain. Mm -hmm. So they closed it off to being a receptor lake, yeah. saying that they found natural reproduction. Well, no, they didn't find natural right. reproduction. They found hybrid reproduction because of the leech lake fish that had been stocked in there so hmm. quit putting leech lake fish in there guess what's going to happen to the reproduction You're there'll dying. be no more natural reproduction so they cut their nose off to spite their face just because they don't like leech lake yeah. fish and they have a bias against leech lake fish yeah yeah i remember uh, jason smith telling me that i think they kept there is a 50 inch that was tagged and um he caught no somebody caught it um not him but um somebody caught it and it kept going down the dams and every it was keep getting caught dam to dam to dam yeah river. kept leaving yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just jumping off bridges Muskies that's crazy like dam let's yeah. face it folks. especially mississippi river strain and they will swim i know there was a fish that was tagged in green bay that was caught in the north channel of lake huron oh that's crazy in canada wow that's i mean funny. that baby swam a long right. ways it was a cold journey <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I think that's about it, right? Anything else to add, guys? I think we pretty much butchered the subject. Yeah. <laughs> For the I can't probably do. still snow in Texas. I just heard from my buddy, Kirk Kirkland. He sent me a picture driving around. There's still snow on the roads. Oh, wow. Is Herbie back? <laughs> I know we were Herbie, thinking about it. Yeah. Herbie panicked and came back before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. where, where we had power <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's cool so i guess you know where can how can we move really forward with this what is the best plan of attack i mean uh robbie you want to see better musky fishing for the rest of your yeah. life obviously yeah. you got a lot yeah. longer than us i've heard about it <laughs> i've heard about the really good musky fishing <laughs> you're gonna have to if things don't change You'll have to do what I did. Go on trips. Hook up the trailer and go. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sadly, yeah. I mean, that's uh, hopefully. I mean, that the big biggest reason that uh, we really wanted to start start this podcast was for this very reason. Talk with these guys and um, just get some information that really isn't that you know publicly known. Um, I know you had the whole Lake Nancy thing up on your website, what? Yeah. But that's been taken down for ten years. Kept it up. And we yeah. Didn't, but, yeah. Uh, so um it probably could be revived if somebody wanted to contact yeah. my old webmaster but he's sure. not he's not a friend of mine anymore so. yeah but uh well, i can tell you this from experience if yeah. you, if you yep. go to, if you go to fisheries that have the right genes and you know what you're doing every third or fourth fish is going to be a 50 incher right it's just that simple yeah i i, I would agree yeah and that's not bad odds i'll take those odds any day then not knowing you know <laughs> but uh yeah any last words pete no not really just uh i, I guess frankly then i 
I don't know exactly how, but I, I think it should be pushed further. I, it's yep. absolutely ridiculous that it's not happening. You know, Larry, Larry's got proof in history of, uh, of providing that we have no super genetic strain here in Wisconsin to protect yep. anyway. Strain obviously yep. does better. Yep. The results speak for themselves. I, I think the vast, vast yeah. majority of, of musky fishermen want it. So there's got to be a way at the end of the day, there's got to be a way to make something happen that a lot of people want. And, uh, and obviously, uh, on a selfish side, for all the businesses, if there's a way to educate, you Heck know, yeah. an area where these fish are going to come into the, the, at the end of the day, and from gas stations to grocery stores, it's going to be yeah. more profitable too. more for people sure. are going to come look to fish. I mean, even the biggest thing, I mean, just looking at stocking records, because that's all I did when I moved up here, just to see what these lakes are like. Sure. And yeah. I mean, they're getting cut. I mean like a third of what it used to be in early 2000s you know it's well, crazy it's going to take money and politics yeah um, and one thing that was disappointing when we did do our project and for two or three years there we started to get the support of the, the resort people yep and then a few of the resort people started complaining they didn't like the bad publicity so they put pressure on the, yep. on the powers that be and they backed off and uh Chamber of Commerce sided with the DNR, and yep. I knew right then the game was over. Yeah, done. Because uh, without the business people, you got nothing. Right. Uh, business yeah. people got the governor's ear, but if they don't talk to that ear, then nothing's going to happen. Right. Well, that's very good points. You need some honest politicians. <laughs> now, where are you going to find that? That's a contradiction <laughs> in terms there. Follow the money. That's funny. Follow the money. That's yep. for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Money drives everything, even the muskies. Even the muskies. Yep. Amazing <laughs> how that works. Well, that's the point. This is going to yep. drive money. That I mean, yep. that's what gets to me. It's an amazing investment. If, if Sawyer County wants a shot in the arm financially, yeah, put some leech like fish in a dozen lakes and watch what happens watch in the next happens. 10 years yeah you see here's it. a problem with some of the lot of the local business people they're here for the short term sure quick turn they buy a business in wisconsin they try to build it up make a quick buck sell, sell it, it and yep. retire and go on down to florida yeah so they're not interested in the long term yep they don't care yep. so what can you do for me today right right that's sad yep that's a good point but yeah, I well, think that's we, it. Yeah, we certainly want to thank uh, Musky Legends Pete Mana and Larry Ramsell Larry. for joining us on what? this uh, intriguing, insightful, what an epic podcast. Uh, second I love podcast. It. Yeah, yeah. Very Sorry cool. about the first one, by the way, guys. The audio is absolutely junk on that one, but uh, today's gonna be better. <laughs> yeah, Got we're that. just trying I'll to get this out. figured out. How yep, to, yep. How to do we just wanted to make sure everything's right for this particular podcast because. Uh, that was absolutely amazing. Can't believe we got you two uh, on it. Um, At the gosh, same that was time. fun. Yep, that's yeah, cool. We can't thank you guys enough for uh, for not only just coming on, but all you guys have invested into muskies uh, your entire lives. We yep. owe a lot of it to you guys, so uh, thank you. Yep. Uh, anything you guys would like to promote? Obviously, Pete Mena, you got a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, check out yeah. the YouTube channel, uh, uh, PeteManor.com, is where you can find everything. And then uh, yep. other than that, uh, I would like to ask for a little more warmth, a little global warming uh, to show up here for, <laughs> for myself and my good friends down south. Uh, yeah. Power. I, I think funny. they'd like your power back. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yep, that sounds good. Larry, anything with you? You still got some books for sale? Uh, I'm, my inventory is pretty low on the, on the my compendium, the history book. But yep. I do have some postcard books. But, okay. Uh, they can they can get them on Amazon. All right, too. I'll leave a link for that. Leave a link for all their their uh, stuff down in the description. Um, guys, you can check this. I was just Go ahead, say, Lee. Robbie. I got one quick mention of the yep. uh, uh, Wausau Muskie Bash. Oh, yeah. Wanted to uh, put the word out there. There will be a Muskie show. It's a day yep. and a half. Uh, and that'll be March 19th and 20th. So wow. I'll probably swing yeah. by there on Saturday. Um, I'll be in Florida, Larry. Yeah. I'll be in Florida. Yeah, thanks, Rob. <laughs> well, we want to thank all of you for stopping by. We appreciate it. Make sure you go down and uh, click the subscribe button. If you have not done so, please uh, uh, feel free to give some comments on this video. Uh, future podcasts we might uh, try to do, uh, future yep. guests, uh, what have you. Um, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, of course, check out Pete on his Instagram as well. And I guess that's what we got for this one. Thank you so much for swinging by and checking yeah. it out. And you, you can stream it on Podbean. If you don't want to see oh, this, Podbean. if you don't want to look at us, Podbean, Spotify, and Apple, it'll be on there. So check it out guys. Thanks so much for watching. Thank you too, for joining us. This was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it.